Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Now listen, the cruise is just about to start. Let me fill you in on a few details if you've never been here before. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that we help you grow closer to Jesus every day. Now, you might be wondering why it's called Biblical Chili. You see, around this table, we have people from all walks of life, different histories, backgrounds, different futures, even different religious views. But even with all these differences, that shouldn't hinder us from carrying on a conversation. And you stepped in at a good time, too, because the Chili Crew is walking through the Bible from cover to cover. And right now, they're in the book of Exodus. Moses talking to a burning bush, plagues, Exodus out of slavery, and the Ten Commandments. Woo, this gives me the collywobbles just thinking about it. All right, everyone, we will be starting in Exodus 19. Today we have a special guest, Antonio. All right, so, and Antonio has actually volunteered because Tom is still uh, recouping, if you guys didn't know. <laughs> yep. So, so nice. praise God, you sound normal. Nasty. Do I sound... You do. You, do sound, you ever sound, sound relatively normal? normal. This is my first time here, so I could tell. Yeah, see? yeah so, so it's normal. It's normal. It's normal to me. Sound normal to Antonio. Here we go. Okay, so starting with verse 1. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came day into the winterness, wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched in the wilderness. And there in Israel, camped before the mount. Well, there Israel. They wasn't in Israel yet. Yeah, so this, so Israel, the nation, right? The, the people. So is this just rehashing similar to what we hit in what? Chapter chapter 14 or 15 when they were leaving? I, th- I think he's just recapping. Well, in chapter 14, I do believe that's when Moses spread out his hand and divided the waters which i do which yeah but um, it, that's it kind of talked about that there though about rifidim and camping outside the mountain of rifidim before mm-hmm. they crossed over okay verse three i should say and moses went up unto god and the lord caught on to him out of the mountain saying thus shalt thou say to the house of jacob and tell the children of israel you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought unto myself. Now therefore, if ye, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a particular treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Is mine capitalized in yours? No, it's not. No. Mine no, is capitalized. It isn't mine. Let me look it at my NLT mine. version here. It's right next to each other. Yeah, Verse go for five. It, go for now you blah blah blah. Covenant, special treasure among peoples and earth, and it belongs to me. It doesn't even say mine. It just says yeah. belongs to me. For, mine for is capitalized. Mine is, M, capital M. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Mine is uh, NIV here. And, um, if you obey me fully, I like that. If you, it says in, indeed in the in the King James, and this one, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you'll be my treasured possession. Mine says special treasure. <laughs> I like my special treasure. <laughs> What's changed? I mean, like for me reading this, like when I used to read this, it was like, if you do what I say, you know, then I'm going to do, you're just going to be my favorite and I'm going to do this magical thing for you. You know, just like 
they weren't necessarily connected. You know, you do this, I'm going to do this for you. But it's like the more that I study what he talks about in his covenant and what he talks about, what he says with his voice, you see that it's all his character and it's all these good guidelines. So it's like, instead, because you're doing this, you're going to be shaped into a holy people. You know, you're going to be, you're going to be special and you're going to be mine because you're going to be like me. You know, it's like cause and effect. <laughs> what I what I like about this is uh, still we're in into Exodus, and fr- <laughs> from the beginning of Genesis to now, God is learning. I, I God is learning how to deal with us. How to? How to <laughs> he, he's, I was going to say learning. Wait, he's, he's, no. <laughs> lear- he's, he's learning how dense we really are because you know he he gives us a clear uh, a, a clear now us in hindsight a clear. Uh, in, instruction of what to do, what not to do. And then we follow it and break it. And then he gets a little more specific with the next time. And they follow it and break it. And a little more specific. Now this time he's like, if you fully listen to the words I'm saying. <laughs> we had the saying in the uh, the Marine Corps back when I was on active duty. And it was, uh, let me break it down to you Barney style. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What? <laughs> Put the foot in front of the other. <laughs> no, anyway. Verse 6, And ye should be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Wait, did they say that in the New Testament too, didn't they? What's yeah, that? that's... A holy um, nation? Yeah, that's in First Peter. First, I was going to say First Corinthians. I thought it was in First Corinthians. I think uh, well, maybe. It might be in multiple places. Okay, but... I know in Peter's letter, he writes and he talks about how, you know, you'll oh. be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Yeah. First Peter two, five. Okay. So first Peter two, five says you also a living stone are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. A holy priesthood. I love that because that just takes everything that we're reading right now and everything that we're going to read. And, you know, it says later in Peter how, you know, we need to study this and understand this. Like, what is a priest's duty? You know, because that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the holy priesthood and we're building up a temple. We're offering up spiritual sacrifices. So if we don't understand what the physical sacrifices were, how can we understand what spiritual sacrifices were? Because those physical ones were to teach a lesson, you know? So, like, it's it just reiterates you know all this stuff in this you know first few books of the bible like it's so important to train us for what our what our job is <laughs> well i'd agree in the term of ministries but being honest you can't be a priest unless you're a, you have a sacrifice and since christ is the ultimate sacrifice we are now ministers which is what well, technically the word for ministers are is priest is also as used in the new testament well, right, but we're offering up spiritual sacrifices. It says, you know, that right. we're supposed to offer up sacrifices of um, giving to the needy and, and doing all these things, and that that's pleasing to God. It offers a pleasing aroma up to oh, the Lord, yeah, right. just aroma, like yeah. you know, just like those sacrifices did. So we absolutely offer up sacrifices as priests. It's just not in the same form. You know, we're not like as we talked about last week. You know, having a a literal barbecue with animals, you know, but it's it's what those things represented spiritually of taking the best of what we have and giving it to God, but by giving it 
to others, we're actually giving it to God, where Jesus says, you know, if you do any of these things unto your neighbor, you're doing it to me. Right. You know, it's a sacrifice to me. So that's, yeah. I also find, find this very interesting. And I've, I've, I've heard this before that actually, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I want to say it's almost half of the New Testament is actually quoting the Old Testament, just in different, like, yeah. <laughs> look, and that's one thing I just, I don't think many Christians who have been in the faith a long time actually realize that though. Like when people say, cause I used to be, you know, Oh, I'm a new Testament Christian. I thought that meant something until I started reading the old Testament for myself when I was a teenager. And I'm like, wait a minute. I remember the first time I heard that. Wait I, a minute. I went to a church and one of the first things one of the ladies asked me is, do you keep the old and the new Testament or the old out of the new Testament? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's, it's all like, it's, it's, it's a continuous story. I wanted to say how much hope that, that you know, bringing that in uh, from first and um, second Peter there, that it is pretty much wash, rinse, repeat through the whole Bible, that it's not too late. There's always hope because many, many, many years later, Peter's still saying the same things <laughs> that Moses was told by God to tell to the Israelites. Right. Absolutely. And many, 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 many years later, we're still doing the same thing today, saying the same words to the people that we meet, the people that we sit in the, the pews next to, the people that we work with, the ones that we're related to. It's the same, the same words of hope to them. Yeah. 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 It's, I can't remember where it's written, but there's nothing new underneath the sun. Yeah. And that's paraphrasing, of course. Was it Jesus himself said that the, uh, the Old Testament is, is about me? Yeah said that to his disciples it's all about me so of course you go there's a lot of when you read the new testament like you said earlier you're going to find a lot of them quoting the old testament and well they, for good what reason. bible did they have Just, they had the they old had the testament yeah, that's all they had, they had. The yeah. yeah yeah so in fact the new testament really wasn't i mean it was put together before the reformation uh but the Baudesians were the very first ones to really kind of coincide the two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the New Testament, you know, halfway through or even a, a quarter of the way through the Gospels or every Gospel, Jesus was what they had for the Bible. You know, right. in, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and God was right there with them. And it gave everybody that was reading the Torah pause to squint their eyes and read closer to what was actually being written and taught. In the, in the in the time at that right wait am i missing the point here <laughs> Rio? all right uh verse seven yeah we'll go so okay <laughs> yeah we'll start there yeah yeah okay and moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the lord commanded him and all the people answered together and said all that the lord has spoken we will do and moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. Sounds like he's kind of like playing. Um, it, it, it sounds like a revival. Man, the middleman. It sounds like a revival. You know that God high that you come off of when you go to like a a, a Christian concert yeah. or a, a motivational speaker, and they're like, yep. "Yes, we'll do it." And then you know, what, what, later. what happens later? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Want to go to the bar? No. Yeah, I'm but kidding. it it seems like it. It seems like did 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 Moses not know that God obviously heard it? Or was he just going through the like? I'm not well, trying. I'm not trying to sound mean, but I'm just saying well, it sounds forget. like he's like, okay, okay, yes, yes, yes. You all voted yes. Okay, good. Let me go up the mountain and talk to God now because he's up there. 
Like, well, don't forget, God did try to speak to them. They were like, "No, we're going to." Oh, die. that's true. That's true. So they like, didn't no, want to no, hear no, God's no. voice. Yeah, they 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 kind of denied it. They didn't want it. Yeah, it's so too it's had too to play much. The man, yeah, the what? runner. It's it's kind of like that that favorite student or the the golden boy who's like reporting back to God. Well, I did what you said, and this is what they said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little Billy's on my team today. <laughs> Verse nine, and the Lord said unto Moses, Lo. I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. So maybe Uh-oh. this hasn't happened Uh-oh. yet. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I think this is happening now. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today, tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. I think we should talk about that little section right there about being sanctified. Uh, let me read this sentence real quick. And be ready against the third day. That means be ready on the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Notice he had to sanctify them. It also says upon the mountain. Like he's he's going to be on top of it. He's not He's not like walking down the mountain. He's He's going to be on top of the mountain. But right, so they had to sanctify, but... I find it interesting that they also mention the clothes, not just because saying, okay, sanctified, doesn't that mean to be set aside for a holy purpose? Correct. Okay. So if sanctified means to be set aside for a holy purpose, then they are setting themselves aside, like preparing themselves for a holy purpose. In other words, I don't know, getting ready for church kind of almost kind of thing. I, I know that's a real sloppy, like. I think it'd be it, more but, than just church, but that could be a good easy. Right. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not really a preacher speaking. It's like the one the preacher preaches about speaking. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the. <laughs> it's the, yeah, the. Yeah. So consecrate. Yeah, they had to wash your clothes and everything. That's, that's, uh, we're going to be learning this here in the future in the next 10 chapters or so about what the priests had to do. Oh. Before going into Ooh. the sanctuary. They had yeah. to wash your clothes themselves and all that. Um, I do believe they had the fast. I was uh, going to say they had to do several things for several mm-hmm. days before yes. they could even go in there. A yeah. whole bunch of the health messages is, is in here. I don't know if yeah. anybody's familiar with that, but, uh, cleanliness is not just, you know, what you eat or, it's also how you hygiene. So do you think that, speaking of hygiene, do you think that this was just God trying to teach them about hygiene or just teach them a, a life lesson of sanctification that it's not just, it's about, well, I'm going to respect God to the point that I'm going to also wash my outside, not just, you know, sit there and be like, God, I'm sorry for, for all that. You know, you know I what I mean? I think it's like a that, little that, bit of both. I, you know, I think it's like God's way of saying, this is a test of the dense cloud system. For those that are <laughs> approaching the mountain or are getting ready to hear me, you need to do what I'm saying. <laughs> you just got done telling Moses that you were going to do it. So let's put that to the test. Step, like you just, like, Mark, <laughs> step one. <laughs> step one. <laughs> cleanse yourself of yeah, all impurities. <laughs> All right, so 12, verse 12. And thou shalt be bound unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourself that you go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. That's like, I, I can imagine the very first book zapper 
being <laughs> okay so it, it, it gets graphic in the niv let me, let me reread that right. in the niv here it says go ahead uh, put limits for people around the mountain and tell them be careful you do not approach the mountain or touch it with your feet whoever touches the mountain will be put to death they are to be stoned or shot with arrows not a hand is to be laid on them so even kill them from afar <laughs> that makes me think of um like radiation poisoning or something it's like it's like they've they've they were not clean enough you know they they still even though they washed on the outside they weren't yet washed on the inside you know to the point where moses was where he could approach god you know so he he could go but i feel like if they if they touched they just like couldn't handle god's radiating glory to where they would die i feel like it was more of a you can't even touch them because that radiation is going to get you you know like what the bible does say it. that god is an all-consuming fire the, right the i feel like it's more they just, it's second fiery death yeah so i feel like you just literally you couldn't handle it and it's like the it's the same with the water and and the fire we see that over and over again where like moses or if you're like shadrach meshach and abednego if you're like daniel with the lions you know you can go into that all-consuming fire you can go into that water and you'll be fine but if you're not you'll get destroyed for your own protection, you will die if you touch me, basically. And no one can even touch you after that. Because right, right. Then they'll, you know. It's it's not saying um, that the cloud is deadly. This is just more limits. And if anyone touches it, then the people are supposed to kill the person. I, I, right. don't, I don't know if it's that. I think it's the actual, like, I, I think they would drop dead. Honestly, I think if they crossed into it, I think yeah, they would so die. Yeah, it's like he set up the protective boundaries. She'll be stoned or shot through, whether oh, it be beast okay. or man. I missed that. I missed that part. I didn't say that. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Where, where, where well, are we, we at? Where are we at? Yet. Okay, we haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I, my, my apologies. <laughs> but it's like when someone gets uh, radiation poisoning, you know, they don't necessarily die right away, but they're still like totally, you know, they could be um, toxic to everyone else and they're going to die a terrible death, so put them down you know i don't know that's, that's how like i've always pictured it obviously i could be totally wrong. you're getting a little sciencey here man <laughs> yeah like i like i don't know i feel like how is this like what are the literal reasons for this you know i just feel like it, it, it feels like that whole if your left hand is sitting cut it off you know kind of thing this is their like the first you know, okay, guys, this is what you're supposed to be doing right now. I'm telling you not to do it, and if somebody does, they're to be set apart. It's over. It's yeah. over. You know, and you have to take care of it yourselves because you're my people, and you have to watch out for each other. Congratulations, you uh, followed in the footsteps of that. Home, you disobeyed me. Right, right. Well, yeah, I don't know, but, then, but I, th well, I think it's a death right then and there, though. It would be like a reverence thing, though. Think about it, because they're trying to. Okay, they think about where they came from. Okay, so where did they come from? They just came from Egypt, where because of the polytheistic world they lived in for so many years, the respect and reverence you had for the gods was not the same that God's asking for. God is asking for absolute respect and 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 uh, obedience and like you know what I mean. It's not like these other gods where it's like, oh, you know, I'll go over here and I'll worship this god today, or you know, I'll go over here and I'll worship this one today. But the reason why I got excited about this, because when we talked about the Red Sea, I, I did bring up, which by the way, uh, Antonio was the one that kind of steered me toward these guys. Uh, Robert Cornuke and Larry Williams, that documentary they did, 
one of the things they they took pictures of or or found when they got to Mount Sinai was these borders that were around it, and they said, "What was it like every like a every couple I, of steps or something?" Not not no, stats it, it was feet. it was it was several meters. It was they said it was the moment it was you couldn't see. There was another pillar, so you could see it, and then you would walk to that pillar, and you could not and they see were another exact pillar. Measurements too. Yeah, he said you couldn't see that that pillar until you got to that pillar, and then you could see the next one because they put it just out of sight that it was far enough, and they were marble pillars or something like that. Like it was, it I was think amazing. There were Twelve of them too, wasn't there? No, they, they around the whole border. Yeah, wasn't it? No, though it was the whole mount, because that and that's the, at least that's what it said here. I don't know how many they found, but I know that. That here it says put a border around the mountain, so it sounds like they're they're quarantining the whole mountain off. Like, okay, this is the this is the do not pass zone. But anyway, I'll I'll put that uh, link in the bottom below uh, to that documentary again. So if you guys want to watch it and and take take time to kind of dive into that a little deeper, then go for it. Anyway, where was I at? Twelve, uh, thirteen. Okay, here we go. There shall not, and hand touch it but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man. It shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. There's another thing there. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. Now, where have you heard that before, I wonder? Trumpet a lot of times. Oh, yeah, a lot of trumpets. Right, right. But But go up to the mount. Rapture. Oh yeah, because the trumpet sounds. Yeah, it talks about that in in Revelation. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not your, come not at your wives. That means there's no hokey pokey when you're uh, sanctifying yourself. The NIV abstain from sex. And sexual relations. <laughs> Keep it straight, Dom. There you go. This is flat forward right there. And it came to pass that the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeded loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. That almost sounds like the wicked. That's a, Yeah, that's crazy. Up to this point, they really haven't directly experienced God, I don't think. Well, they, I think this is their him. first. They, they followed him. Yeah, the I'm cloud and honest. the pillar of fire. He was, and then they they, they uh, followed it through the, the 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 rivers, the Red Sea, the Red Sea. Yeah, okay. Yep. You know, and so and they've also seen seen or heard of the powers that were coming from. They just you know some people were either there knowing firsthand, well, this is coming from Moses, or Wow, there's a lot of frogs out here today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of buggy out here. What's going on? Plus, there was thunder and lightnings. I mean, can you imagine seeing fireworks for the very first time? Like, maybe li- even living 30 years and never even heard of a firework, and all of a sudden, the sky just lights up. All the- <laughs> right, right. So, but I- I'm sure they've seen thunder and storm before. <laughs> well, if they didn't see it up to that point, I know they saw it in Egypt with the hail coming they down and thunder see and lightning. Like, yeah, they probably didn't see the thunder and lightning like this before. Can you imagine this one being so different? 
you know, I, I, I picture it in my head like uh, taking a kid that you've, you've watched DVDs and stuff, they watch movies, but then you take them and put in the very center of an IMAX movie and they're going to go watch their favorite show and there's sound all around them and there's just TV screen wherever they look. So they are immersed in what they're here for and they don't know what they're expecting. And when they see this, they're just in awe. Like, and they're, they're, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You are just super aware of, wow, just wow. You know, it talks about the second coming where everybody's going to be rejoicing. And I'm and I'm reading this every single time. I'm thinking to myself, I might be rejoicing, but I'm going to be trembling at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scripture says he's going, to re- he's going to return in the clouds. He's going to return with the, the entire host of heaven, basically. And yeah, yeah. The heavens rolled up, not yeah, touching yeah, the ground. Yeah. That's important, you new Christians, because uh, when... Uh, Satan comes and poses as Christ before the second yeah. coming. He says he's going to deceive people. It, it's um, he's 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 going to replicate the second coming in his image, and uh, that's out there. As a matter of fact, if you ever watch Left Behind, that's you know similar stuff like that. But he's going to replicate the second coming, and he's going to touch the ground. The difference here is that the first time Jesus will not touch the ground when he comes, and there's going to be host of angels like in a and it's gonna be amazing heaven will be rolled up like a squirrel so we're gonna be seeing difference in the sky we're not just gonna see some you know long haired bearded <laughs> guy in white robes saying uh I am Jesus come follow me and he touches the ground and you know says all these things about uh some key things that we might talk about later. I'll be I, happy for that new body because my old body be soiled with pants <laughs> down there on earth. I, I like I like what mine says in verse 17. It says, and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. Like, like <laughs> God, people, people, God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Here's your first ice cream show. Yeah, here's, here's you go. Here you go. Where did I leave off? Number 14? Uh, 17. 17. And Moses brought forth the people out the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the neither part. Uh, the mount. What does that mean, nether? Mine says foot. The, oh, the, the foot? Nether, I'd say the like base the of the nether, mountain. The base, like the nether yeah, regions. Okay. Yeah. All right. The, the <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I suddenly understand. I've been World of Warcraft how now. <laughs> the nether regions. And on that note, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I can picture like Moses going all Gandalf on the people of Israel. See this line? You shall not, not pass! <laughs> Sorry, Susanna, you're, you're surrounded by nerds. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of the furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. Can you say smoke more times in a single verse? Right. <laughs> yeah, um, mine here, just to add a little clarity, because like you said, it was a lot of smoke there. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke, because the Lord descended on descended it in fire and smoke billowed up from it like from a furnace. Okay, so your yours loses one of the smokes. <laughs> <laughs> yours is like quite greatly as well, because that might be important. Yeah, mine says quite great quaked greatly. Trembled violently. Oh there you go. <laughs> it's I not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> scenario there anyway. <laughs> when the voice of the trumpet sounded long. And waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. I guess oh, listen I... into the trumpet. 
Mine says answered him with thunder, so that's interesting. Moses answered with thunder? No, it says God. Oh, oh, God's. Yeah, Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder, which is like not a voice, really. Yeah, mine says God answered by voice. Maybe a loud voice? Well, the Bible has. What should I say? Coincided? No, that's not the word. Well, anyway, it's synonymous with uh, thunder and voice. Oh Spoke yeah, with, like yeah. an archangel, the voice of an archangel. Yeah, thunder. So the voice of God. Thunder. Very yeah, loud. Yeah. yeah, I think what you're trying to get here is that it was very loud. Imagine talking to a giant that's about I don't know thirty feet high. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Yeah. What? <laughs> Back with verse nineteen. So it's like in this whole section so far, it's mentioned God. God's approach with the sound of trumpet three times, you know, and then they hear the sound of trumpets and it's, I'm sure earth shattering to them. Like, it's just crazy. You can't miss it. So it's later, you know, when they skipping ahead, when they're given all of the, all the, all the feast days and stuff. And they talk about the feast of trumpets and all you do is you blast a trumpet, you know, but it's, imagine what they're thinking <laughs> like God's saying I want you to remember once a year you know you're gonna go out when you sight the when you when you sight the new moon and it's the one day too that doesn't have a specific day so every feast day you know it's like the 15th day of the third month right or so you know exactly so wait, 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 wait. how are you supposed to celebrate something without a date because the feast of trumpets is the seventh month at the sighting of the new moon. Oh. So, so you don't, so the, what they would do is they would have watch nights. So the new moon could show up anytime between, you know, a day or three days and they would wait and they would all be watching and waiting in anticipation <laughs> for the, for the first sliver of the new moon. And as soon as it sighted, then the watchman would blow the trumpets and then, you know, everyone would, it'd be a big feast day, you know, and like you'd blow the trumpets, but like you'd so, so nobody knows the day or the hour, right? So when you go later and, you know, the New Testament where Jesus is talking about, you know, no nobody one knows, knows the, the day hour. or the hour when the Son of Man is coming. Oh, and what, wow. is, what is he coming with? He's coming with the trumpet blast, right? Oh, wow. So that's that's like what he, that new feast is, what that feast is representing. Is a right. Shadow. So in hindsight, you know, they're thinking when they're, when, when, when they're given that command to celebrate that feast every year, they're thinking God's presence approaching us with this trumpet blast you know throughout all of scripture you know the trumpet is always used i mean it's used constantly it's either it's, it's rallying israel for battle it's it's the defeat of enemies it's proclaiming liberty it's like a warning of judgment for your sin or it's um you know just the second coming the day you know the day of the lord um it's gathering god's people to worship it's gathering them to come near to him so it's like so many things so yeah, we just see, you know, when you do that, like they they were looking back, but now we can look forward <laughs> and see. Um, we know that that's what's going to be coming when Christ comes. It's interesting because the thing is, I was thinking when you said that, like the new moon, I'm thinking, do they not know? Do they not pay attention? But that's the thing is, you know, the season, like, you know, you know, the, the time the frame, <laughs> right. But you don't know the exact hour that it's actually going to, oh, hey, there it is. There's the new moon, you know, like. Well, and I think with, with. Um, well, well, nowadays you could just Google it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Within reason. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, even days, because they still have Watchmen in Israel posted, you know, every year on the seventh month to look for the moon. And whether it's cloudy, you know, you can't always see it. So it, they still have that. We're waiting, you know, there's still Type a couple of days. So even though they can project what day it's going to be, that still isn't exactly the day. You only know, you know, once it's sighted visually. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, awesome. what are we supposed to be alert looking for and we should we should be able to recognize the signs because you know we're supposed to be growing in wisdom we're supposed to be able to recognize evil and we should be able to know you know when that's coming close but yeah we don't know the exact time and when jesus was saying you know nobody knows the day or the hour that was a common idiom used for the feast of trumpets so they they knew what he was referencing whereas we don't have that anymore you know because we don't know we don't know what hebrew idioms are nobody wants to learn about the uh, you know the feast anymore no, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Great comparison. They're missing out a that. lot of symbolism there. Well, that's awesome. Well, and a lot of <laughs> yeah, excited, a right? lot of prophecy, you know, and all this exciting exactly. stuff that still that still has to happen. So it's mm-hmm. cool. all right. So twenty one, no, 20, 20. 20. 20. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, and on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount. And Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let wow. the priest also, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. No wonder they have to re-sanctify themselves even after the three days of sanctification. Well, this is this would be a, a unique, I would assume, sanct like a, a, a sanctification on top of the sanctification. Wow! Or maybe God's just kind of like reiterating it. Hey, make sure, <laughs> make sure now. Could Moses. be, could be. Oh, and also, wash yourself too many times. Just get out. <laughs> and Moses said unto the Lord, "The people cannot come to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, set bounds." Of about the mount and sanctify it. So he's really adamant about making these boundaries. Well, this is in response because God's telling him, "Go down there and tell the people not to come up. Don't, don't, don't force your way through to see God." And Moses is like, "They can't even come up here. You told us to put limits. They're not going to come up here." You know, <laughs> you always have that one. <laughs> don't touch the electric fence, right? Is it on? <laughs> And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down. Well, hold on, though. Hold on, though. Because God God just asked Moses to send up the priest. So I think that's why Moses is like, Whoa, whoa, hold on. You just told us not to come up. Or you told the people not to come up. But then God is kind of like reiterating, Well, hold on. Don't be such a smart aleck, kid. I just told you to do something else. (laughs) Over here in uh, NIV, it says, um, Even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves, or the Lord will break out against them. You know, so he's saying, don't don't have anyone forced their way up here. And the the priests that are going to come up here, they have to consecrate themselves again before they come up. Right. And that's when the Lord's like, the people won't come up here. You told us to put warnings and boundaries around here. My curiosity is the word break. I've tried Googling it, looking in, in, in every translation, there, you know, and they all differ. What does break out mean? Like I don't know, is it like a, a like a rat battle? Is it like they're gonna kill him? Is it a stoning? Is it a you know what is the breakout? Because it's it's used again later in a chapter, and I'm going, I'm trying to f- fully understand this. He's talking about them 
the last has to do with them sanctifying themselves or not sanctifying themselves. I apologize. It's do this or else. NLT says, uh, and what, what is that or else? What is the, the break? That's what I'm, I'm trying to understand. Right. Is the okay. break. Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so that the Lord does not break out and destroy them. So it's definitely a punitive action. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, come on, oh. share with the class. You haven't shared your version yet, there, Susanna. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> oh, mine. I think it's the same as just. I mean, what you meant, what you think, break is. <laughs> yeah, break oh. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, like break dancing. Gonna come out and. Wicked people. Okay, so basically, okay, so basically, this is what it means. The break out means. Okay, so so in scripture it talks about how sin cannot exist in the presence of God. And so what this means is God is literally basic basically if I can if I can word it this way, basically he's holding himself back because God if God gave his full glory, the entire nation would be destroyed. You know, if you understand what I'm saying. So when he's right. saying break out, he's saying if they come to me and they're unsanctified my glory will pour out upon them and they will be destroyed if their sin is not sanctified, not, not sin sanctified, but if they are not sanctified, in other words, their sins, I can't say washed away. What would you say? Cleansed. Like if you are not cleansed and you are not prepared to come into my presence, my glory will break out upon you. And because God is an all consuming fire and because his glory is just infinite and he just Jeez, sin cannot well. exist in front of him. What he's saying is, is he's literally saying this breakout is like, they're going to be gone. They're just completely whew, gone if they come into my presence without being sanctified. See, another parallel to, you know, the second coming. You yeah, know, yeah. The wicked are going to be this destroyed. Is, oh, man, I didn't realize there was so much prophetic stuff in this one. Yeah, well, and I can't get past left. Genesis chapter 20 <laughs> in six months without, <laughs> without, yeah. without having to stop. Oh, wait, this, this is parallel to this. So go ahead, Susanna. Uh, well, just another, I mean, I guess like a parallel, but I guess saying that this then, you know, God's putting all these protections and he's saying, you know, you guys cannot come on my mountain. Stay off my mountain. You know? <laughs> like he's giving them all these mornings for their protection. For <laughs> like, your own Stay out of the street. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, we see when we, in the prophecy in Isaiah 2, which I know I've read this on this podcast before but it's probably been a little while um where in the last days the mountain of the house of the lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills and at this point you know at the end of time it says that all the nations will stream to it and many people will come and say come let us go up to the mountain of the lord to the house of the god of jacob that he may teach us concerning his ways and that we may walk in his paths for the law will go forth from zion the word of the lord from jerusalem you know, it says, you know, come, house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So it's like, here in Exodus, they can't go up on the mountain. You know, they're still dirty. They're not clean. And you have, you need a mediator. You need Moses and Aaron to go up there for you. And they go up there and they learn God's ways and they learn the law and they learn oh, his wow. teachings. And then they come down and they teach the people. But at the end of time, you know, we've all been cleansed and sanctified. And those of us that have, I and mean, the other ones, you know, they'll be destroyed. But at that point, you then say, okay, 
let us go up on the mountain and you can then go up yourself because you've been purified. You know, we've been washed but by we the have that mediator. And, I was going to say we have that mediator yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's been elevated, but to the point where we can go up and we can learn from God ourselves, you know? So that's cool. <laughs> and, and how much influence do you think that this has had on, even media nowadays, how many movies have we watched where people have to go and get knowledge from a person oh. up on a mountain? Oh, yeah. You know, the all the wise people are up in the mountains. You know, even Doctor Strange that's out there now and they had to go you know, up way, to the mountain way up to the of... top mountain and be with the, the priests and those that are up there. You know, um, It's interesting how here in the Bible we're talking about the man in the mountain being all wise and all powerful. And how it plays into storytelling of our current our current state. So so hold on hold on, who is quiz time? Who is the high priest right now? No, no. In, in the story, in the story, oh, in the story. That, isn't who, it Aaron? It's Aaron. Yeah. Who yeah. is Aaron? Moses' brother. Moses' brother. I just I, I'm putting that together. I'm like, this means more now because we're talking about. God telling Moses to go get your brother, who's the high priest apparently right now, and he has to sanctify.